Welcome to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids. I'm Eric. And I'm Lance. And we believe that the Bible is the greatest book in the whole world. It's filled with amazing stories about interesting people, all working together to tell a bigger story, the greatest story, about the most important person who ever lived, Jesus. And we know that understanding more about the people and stories in the Bible helps us to know more about Jesus and what it means to be his followers today. And in this episode, we're talking about the Tower of Babel. Okay. I'm no, you know, master teacher, but I do know that this podcast is called Who's in the Bible, Not What's in the Bible. Oh, good point. Well, this is like the next thing in the Bible, the next story, and okay. it's called the Tower of Babel. The people aren't given a name, but I guess if we had to say who is this about, it's about the Mesopotamians. Well, that's a fun word to Can say. Can you say that, Mesopotamians? Mesopotamians. Can you kids say that? Mesopotamian. 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 Spectrum. Do you remember in the previous episode, I told kids that we should all be students of the Bible? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's another thing we should also be students of for the rest of our lives, because it will help us understand the Bible, and that's we should be students of history. I love history. Dude, history is pretty great, isn't it? History is wonderful. Here's the thing. it's like, wow, the world used to be so different. That's right. And when we understand the differences between our world today and the world the way it was a long time ago, we can understand more about the Bible. Hmm. And so... In today's uh, episode, to understand more about the way life was back then will help us understand more about this story. In fact, I wish there was a way we could even record it, like back in time. Uh, Okay. That's silly, isn't it? Well, it is silly, but that's exactly what I deal in, is 100% silliness. You deal in silliness? That's true. So I, I got something, I've only used it once, but I think this is the time for it. What What is this? It's called the back in time bus. You have a back-in-time bus? Yeah, I got an and app. And you've on, used it? I got an app on my phone. I just click this button, and it shows up. So if you're down to do it, I think we should go back and record part of this podcast back in the time that we're talking about. But hang on. You've been in the past before on this bus? I Okay, really can't talk about it, but maybe in a later episode. We'll see. Uh, okay, well, will we be back by dinner? Yeah, so it kind of, we only have like a couple of minutes. It's kind of like a big rubber band slingshot. It throws us back in time and we're only there for a couple seconds and then, then, it, then it just pulls us right back. But it would let us see what the past was like. A hundred percent. And it's totally safe-ish. <laughs> safe-ish. I don't Let's have do a lot it. of confidence, but right, Eric, I trust you. Okay, okay so what, what's the, it, it's right here. I just got to punch it in right here. What when do we need when do we need to go to? Well, we're going to Mesopotamia about four thousand years ago. Four okay, you ready, Rock? I think so. How long is this gonna take? Moments. Moments. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Whoa! Okay, I have to warn you before we get there, the people we're going back to are very different from us. Like, we're going to look weird. In fact, uh, if they saw my glasses, they would think that's strange. Yeah, if they saw my killer shoes, my awesome purple shoes, yeah. they would think that was really weird. Fact. But but we're going to think some of their life is very weird. You know, they, they believed things very differently than we do. You see, they worshipped lots of gods. Hmm. 
you and I know there's only one God, one real God, but they worshiped lots of gods. And they thought that like the sun and the moon and the planets all represented gods. And so each city back in Mesopotamia had a God that they worshiped, that they would uh, build statues for, and they would worship in weird ways. Like this is going to be some strange stuff we're about to see. I'm totally in. Okay. There's this one, this one city worshiped a God named Marduk. Oh, loved Marmaduke. Is it a dog statue? No, not Marmaduke. Marduk. And he was represented by Jupiter, which looks like a bright star to them, but you know, that's, that's where they thought Marduk was from. Well, well, okay. Cool story. But here, here we come. You ready? Yep. (laughs) We're here. Okay, look around. This is oh. this is really Whoa. dirty. I I didn't anticipate how dirty this was gonna be. Yeah, it's dusty and sandy everywhere. Crack a window. Oh man! But look, as <laughs> far as window. you uncrack the window. Oh, it stinks out there. Mm-hmm. There there must not be any plumbing. There's not any plumbing. There's not, for any, sure. not any plumbing. Pl- unplug your nose. I'm you holding my nose. I can't not hold my nose. Oof. Okay, but what's that over there? What's the big... It's like a big statue thing? Yeah. That's... Okay, that's what I was trying to tell you on our way here, is that every city has a god that they worship, and they would build a statue that they believed was that god. Okay, but like when I think of statues, I think of like Statue of Liberty. This one's like wearing clothes. There's like <laughs> food on the ground around it. It's, see all those people standing around the statue? Some of uh-huh. those are priests. It's their job to care for the statue. They believe that that statue is a god, and they would dress it up, and they would put feasts in front of it, hoping the god would eat. Well, okay, and the, so the, the fancy kind of building around behind him, what's that? Oh, that fancy building is called a temple. They would build a temple that they believed was a house for that statue, a house for the god where the god would live and be uh, present among them, live um, among them. And so they would also go there to worship that god. Well, okay, but the pyramid kind of looking thing with the staircase? That, Eric, is what we're here to see. This is what I wanted to see in the back in time bus. Uh That's called a ziggurat. A zigga who? A ziggurat. Say that with me. Ziggurat. Ziggurat. Okay, ziggurat. Look, it looks kind of like a pyramid, but it's got these different levels. Dude, that's so cool. I know. Here's the point of that pyramid. The stairway. Do you see this big, all the way from the very bottom up to the very top is a stairway. Whoa. Oh, wait. Here, okay, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> it's not dusty back at home. I uh, know, but I'm going I'm to take a little <sighs> nap, though. I feel weird. I, I feel weird, too. My stomach's not right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whew. Man, be glad that you didn't have to take a trip in the back-in-time bus if you're listening to this. Okay, Listen. That was quick, but that was really helpful because that's going to help us understand Genesis chapter 11 when we read about the story of the Tower of Babel. Okay, while they read this passage, yeah, we should go get something to yeah. drink. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they had said to one another, "'Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly.'" And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make our name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Okay, 
This describes the setting after the flood of Noah from the last episode. Right. It says that people found a plain. They moved from the east and they found a plain. You know what a plain is? Yeah, it's like a big flat land. There's no hills, no mountains. That's right. As far as the eye can see, it was just flat ground. And they built a city there, and they discovered how to make bricks out of mud, and they could heat them up, and using these bricks, they could build really tall buildings. Yeah. But they did this, it says, to make a name for themselves. Yeah, they were trying to impress, be impressive. Who do you think they were trying to impress? Um, well, most of the time we're always trying to impress other people around us. So that's what you and I do. We, like, we try to impress people, but they were trying to impress a god. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they built... A tower or a ziggurat. Remember we saw one? Yeah, I think it was super cool. Yeah, here's what scholars believe about that ziggurat. Is that a ziggurat wasn't so much a tower as it was a set of stairs. It was all about the stairs that reached up to heaven. Are you saying that it was a stairway to heaven? That's exactly what I'm saying. And now it's time for the question of the day. My name's Luke, I'm in the second grade, and I'm wondering why the people who built the Tower of Babel thought they could reach up to heaven. Good question, Luke. So Lance, what do you think? Well, they weren't trying to reach up to heaven. You see, ancient people believed that the God that they worshipped would come down from heaven to earth at the highest point around. That's why many cultures worshipped at the tops of mountains, because they believed that the God they were worshipping would come down at the highest point, at, at the top of a mountain. But these people were in a plain. They didn't have any mountains. It was flat everywhere. So they built this tall set of stairs, hoping that the God would come down from this star or the sun or wherever place in, in the heavens and live among them. So they weren't trying to get to heaven. They were actually trying to get heaven to come down to them. So building this tall set of stairs allowed the God they worshipped to come down and live in the house they built him or the temple. Okay. So what happened next? Well, you see, in this story, the Tower of Babel, we see God's response to what the people did in verses 5 through 9. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. (laughs) (laughs) This is a weird... This is a weird development in this story. Yes. For sure. Yes, it's very weird. I have to tell you, uh, this story exists in similar forms in at least 10 other writings, like ancient old writings and even some other religious texts, like the Quran, which is the holy book of Islam. Well, then why would God include a story in the Bible that shows up in all these other places really as just a myth? Yeah, that's a good question. And so theologians have... Spent, you remember theologians? They're the people who uh-huh. study the things of God. Yeah. Have wondered the same thing, and they've studied, and they, they've, they've come up with at least three reasons why they think uh, could explain why God would include this story in our Bible. Okay. The first is as an explanation for how we got so many different languages. And I'm going to tell you, like, many people aren't sure about that one, and we're not going to spend any time there. Number two, though, uh, do you remember the story of Noah and the flood? Yeah. 
Yeah, the one we so, just had. Yeah, the one we just did. Yeah. yeah, Noah and the flood. Do you remember how it ends? Well, I think the so in the in Genesis nine one. Yeah. Let's see. Look, let me look here. Yeah, it says. Oh yeah. So and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth." Yeah. So the story ends by God telling Noah and his sons to to spread over the earth and to flourish. And what were these people doing? Were they spreading all over the earth? No, these dudes were like just making everybody come together. Yeah, they, so they were not dispersing over the earth, and they were not being fruitful and flourishing across the earth. And so some theologians think that God was upset at the way they were living and not flourishing across the earth and instead gathering, and that this was a punishment. And so that's one way to think about it. So it's like when you kick an ant pile, and the ants all just take <laughs> off running. God yeah. just kicked that ant pile. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Yeah. But here, listen, there's a third way to think about this that theologians have uh, thought as a reason God included this in our story. And it fits with what this podcast is all about. Eric, we begin every episode with the same introduction. You say that we believe the Bible is filled with amazing stories about interesting people, all doing what? All working together to tell a bigger story, the greatest story about the most important person who ever lived, Jesus. That's right. Well, well, but how do you think that this story fits into that? Well, good question. You see, ever since the very beginning, the Garden of Eden, when sin broke the relationship between people and God, God had to remove people from His presence. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, people have been trying to have God in their lives. And we see in chapter 11 of Genesis that people were attempting to have God in their lives by building this big stairway, hoping to get Him to come down to them. But can we persuade God to come down to us with a set of stairs? No. No, of course not. But, but we know that. We, we're, <laughs> we, we've lived uh, in more modern times. We know that God doesn't work that way. But you know what? You and I and all the people listening, we still try and persuade God to come into our lives our way. Yeah. Yeah, like when we go to church, we think that's going to make God happy. Yeah. And whenever we like do all the right things, all yeah. the, like we try to like do enough right things. That's right. It's kind of like cleaning up our own house so God wants to come over to it, you know? That's right. So we try and do all these things to persuade God to be a part of our lives. But you know the truth is God cannot be persuaded to come into our lives. He's already looked at us and loved us enough to send Jesus to to make a way for us to be part of, uh, for Him to be in our lives. And so Jesus said something about that in John chapter 6. He's having a conversation with a lot of people, and He says this. He says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And what he goes on to say is that God's will for Jesus was that he would create a people out of all those who trust in him. And so if we want God in our lives, we don't build a stairway. We don't go to church, although going to church is important. We don't have to obey God's word, although we should. We first trust in Jesus, and that's how we have God in our lives. I'll tell you what, something that might be kind of cool, you guys, is like whenever you do look and see a stairway, maybe you be reminded of John 6, 38 that said that Jesus came down from heaven because his father sent him out of his incredible, incredible love for us. So we can thank Jesus every single time we see a stairway, just be reminded that it's not what we do, it's what he's already done. Well, you've been listening to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids, brought to you by Clear Creek Community Church. Continue the conversation with our free parents guide available at clearcreekresources.org.